You're listening to the Kingdom Culture Church podcast. To connect with us, hop on social media or go to kingdomculturechurch.com.au. Come on, so good. Thank you. Thank you, team. Thank you so much. Amazing. Amazing. Please be seated in the house or in your lounge, wherever you are. Hey, just firstly as well, uh, just quickly, I, I want to call it the, uh, the, the, we've had a little bit of trouble with the internet, but what I want to encourage you to do is persevere this morning, but tonight, because it records in 4K and it has nothing to do with the internet, the service will be perfect. But don't leave and come tonight, stay now and come tonight as well. Um, hey, so excited to, to, to share with you today and, and like uh, my beautiful wife said, it's been like a kind of strange week. It's been a bit of a weird week, uh, but who knows that God is still on the throne? Who knows that uh, He still wants to move in this nation? Who knows that He's still doing something? And I don't always know what it is, and maybe you don't always know what it is, but I believe that God is doing something uh, in this nation, and I'm excited. I want to speak a message to you today uh, called, I don't know, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Interesting message title, hey, it's not the most like intensely faith-filled thing, but I thought maybe we could just get a bit real in the house of God and just talk about what do we do as Christians when we're not entirely sure what to do? What do we do as believers when we're not fully sold on exactly which direction to head in? And before we go into the message, I just want to read to you a passage of Scripture from Acts, and it says this. It'll be on the screen behind me as well. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things, someone say all things, in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceedings to all as any had need. And day by day, someone say day by day. Day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. Seraphini dropped me off a Cinnabon yesterday, and who knows, I received it with a glad and generous heart. Praising God and having favor with all the people. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those being saved you know in seasons like this it can be hard to know what to do it can be hard to know what the next 10, 20, 30 40 years will look like for ourselves maybe for the church, maybe for Christianity at large but my dad used to tell me something when I was stressed and when I was angsty which wasn't just through puberty, it was like last week he'd say Fred hey there's grace for today there's faith for today what do we do? Do we, do we post? Do we get mad? Do we get more awareness? Do we understand our rights? Because you only have the rights that you understand that you have. Do we research? What do we research? Do we, do we read more scripture? Do we, do we go down YouTube rabbit holes? Do we do all of it? There's not enough time. We've got to work. What do we do? Which, which thing do we follow? Do we read the word? What do we do? I want to propose to you today that what we do is we seek the great counselor day by day. You see, we preach to death things like the steps of a good man and woman ordered by the Lord, but then circumstances change and we're like, what do we do? Well, I would propose that day by day, we seek Him. Day by day, 
we seek. What's the answer? Yeah, that's great, friend. But what about, do we pick it? Do we protest? What do we do? How does it work? How does it look? I can't answer it for you. But what I do know is day by day, we seek Him. Day by day, we outreach to our friends and family. Day by day, we get into the Scripture. Day by day, we pray over our nation. Day by day, everyone wants a 20-step plan. But the early church walked day by day. You see, the Roman government wasn't pro-Christianity and it wasn't anti-tyranny. It was just more overt with those things. See, I'm not nervous about, about something coming to light that's scary. I'm nervous that the church is not even remotely equipped when it does. Because it's not about the big bad under the bed. It's about the church that seeks him day by day. What do you do when you don't know what to do? Well, pray. What do you do when you don't know what to do? I don't even know what to pray. Pray in the Spirit. It says the Spirit makes utterance for us and He will lead you in all truth. He will lead you in the practicality. We want to chase the practicality when we need to chase the Spirit and the Spirit will tell you what your practicality needs to be. Don't copy someone else. Someone might have a grace for politics. Your grace might be interceding at 3 a.m. Someone else might need to go and stand for parliament and bring reform. You might need to get into the Word. You might need to get into the Word and someone else might need to run. You might need to run for, for politics. I don't know. But what I do know is if we walk with Him day by day and we say, Holy Spirit, this is a weird situation and I need help. Would you guide me? He's going to come and He's going to guide us. And instead of looking to the left and to the right and going, well, what are they doing? What are they posting? What are they chasing? Don't worry about that. You chase God, man. That's why, that's why Peter sank. Because he was like, oh, waves, wind, stuff. Chase Jesus day by day. And he will give you your step-by-step practicality to follow. Amen? How do you build a big house brick by brick? How do you eat a big meal bite by bite? How do you serve God and hear His voice for Australia in the 21st century day by day? Day by day. Thanks, Abs. That's awesome. Appreciate it. No, you can go. Be released. A couple points this morning and this evening because it's the same service. My first point is your theology is revealed day by day. Your theology and who you are really as a person is revealed day by day. As the saying, practice makes perfect, I would argue that practice makes permanent. The things you do day by day by day by day by day lead to things. I found a photo of me and Dan Rayner the other day. I sent it to him for his birthday. He's at home unwell at the moment, but I think he's watching. Dan, we love you. Be filled with the Spirit. Stop vomiting. It's not of God. And, and I found this photo, and we're at this, we're at this youth camp, and we're in like grade 10 or 11, and we are so skinny. It's, I mean, he still is, but shut up, wait. He, he, is, he is so skinny, and I'm in this creek in like my shorts doing this, and it's like, you can see, like, there's Vs, you can see Vs. What happened is day by day, I fed the temple, and the temple expanded, okay? So I am a living evidence that what you do day by day Changes things. And, you know, it's not going to be permanent. I'm going to do some stuff and whatever. You know, it's going to be good. I take inspiration from Casey Ryan, who's lost like 20 kilos. It's amazing. But, yeah, come on. But what are you doing daily? Are you reading daily? Are you praying daily? Because our habits mean a lot. 
Our habits mean a lot. One time we were coming to church and I was going to preach and I was ready. It was an uh, SWM, a spirit without measure. And I was pumped, man. I had my white towel and, you know, Ray Jansen had brought those little oil things. I was like, oh, we're going to get old school today. And Anna was driving because when I'm preaching, I like it when she drives because then I can focus and I'm a diva. And so we were driving and we were leaving and we got on the highway. And then I was like, we're going to Strath. We're going to the city. What are you doing? She's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I thought I was going to work. I'm like, you're not. I am. Like, where are you going? We've got to get to church. Going to miss PSR. It's going to be terrible. And But what had happened was Anna has driven that way to work hundreds of times. And she has formed a habit. Day by day, she's formed a habit. Sometimes you'll do your habits without even knowing it because you've done it so many times. I think in this season of, of potential uh, uncertainty... It's way easier to look at whether ScoMo should have gone on a holiday internationally or not than to change my habits. It's much easier to get annoyed at this, that, and the other than it is to quit pornography. See, in this culture, we lead less fingers and more thumbs. Because if Christ in you is the hope of glory, stop getting mad at everyone else. Now, don't misunderstand me. If Christ in you is the hope of glory and you're called to bring political reform, you chase that thing with everything you got. But make sure that's what you're called to. Because if we've got people picketing when they should be preaching, we've got a problem. Because the kingdom has perfect balance. And if you do your job and I do my job, maybe we'll see a city saved. But when none of us do our jobs and we just post because it's easier, nothing changes. Sorry, I just got, just got all excited for a second. Aristotle said this, we are what we repeatedly do. I don't know if he did that, but we are what we repeatedly do. If you were personified by what you repeatedly do, what would you look like? And not just on the outside, on the inside. You see, what COVID has done, it's done two things. It's revealed a lot of my bad habits. And it's revealed a lot of decoys. What is a decoy? A decoy is something you do as a cover for your issue. A decoy is something that you do to cover your issues. Another way of saying it is that we super-spiritualize our dysfunction. Because it's much easier to picket a public enemy than it is to work on your soul and your character. It says in the message version in in Matthew, do not go about picketing some public enemy. Rather, travel swiftly on to the next town because travel lightly because you are the equipment. What is he saying there? He's saying, hey, let the gospel be the paramount thing. I'm just going to be real honest this this morning and tonight because it's the same service. (gasps) Someone I love and respect messaged me this week. He was pretty direct. Basically what he said was, Fred, shut up. I was like, shivers, all right. Good afternoon to you too. He's like, calm down. If they ask us not to worship Jesus, we will storm parliament together. But until then, get in your flipping word, start praying, start interceding over the nation. Do what Daniel did in Babylon. We're going to be okay. And I went, get lost. (laughs) Don't mishear me today. 
the chase and pursuit of Jesus will reveal your target and goals. And chase your target and goal unashamedly. But 98% of people are not chasing after Jesus relentlessly because that's hard and that takes time. They're doing social commentary to look important. Number two, it's a light sermon this morning and this evening. Number two, what do you see and what do you speak? Evil is not a new concept. You do not need to be a genius to identify that there are bad people in the world. My fear is not that we may get caught out by a big bad. My fear is that the church is focused on a big bad rather than putting on their armor. You see, it's equivalent to the church standing at the edge of the valley in Judah, uh, Israel, as Goliath's yelling, standing there in the nutty, being like, there's a giant! There's a giant there! It's like, big guy, go put some armor on. Go start learning how to use a sword. Put on the belt of truth. Man, start, start girding yourself up. This isn't new stuff, man. He says, for surely you will face trouble. But take heart because I've overcome some of the world, but not government. But take heart, I've overcome the world. Verse 7 of what we're reading. Praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. I'm convicted. Because the moment I care more about my rights as an Aussie, more than I do about people meeting Jesus, is the moment I've missed it. I'm not saying, I realize I'm counteracting myself a lot this morning and tonight in this service that you are watching. Don't put your insecurity on this sermon. Chase your thing, but hear what I'm saying. Everything we do is that people would be united with Christ. It's fine to fight for rights as long as it's so that people would be united to Christ. It's fine to preach as long as people would be united to Christ. Everything we do as believers is to know God and to make Him known. It's to come and bring people into a place of knowing Jesus. I believe it. Ensure the percentages and margins of your life lean heavily towards loving humanity back to life. Abby, if you could come back and join me, that would be brilliant. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed your five-minute break. Because <laughs> often, I want you to catch this today, because often things we think are our duty are often a distraction. Things we think are our duty are often a distraction. I am preaching to myself. <laughs> I am. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I'll tell them. I'll tell my Instagram following what's what. (laughs) This is not okay. (laughs) And I run away. I want to make sure that that, that I'm not thinking that things that that are a distraction are my duty. I don't want to waste time. I'm not having a go at anyone watching this, anyone doing your thing. Just make sure it is actually your calling, not a distraction. Because if you're called to be the next Billy Graham and you're picketing in Queen Street, the devil's won. So let's make sure we chase the right thing. Moses lived in Egypt. Daniel lived in Babylon. Jesus lived under Roman rule. The gospel works. 
In China, in 1960, there was 3 million Christians. Today, there is approximately 68 million Christians in China, and it's the fastest growing religion in the country. Why? Because believers saw it and said it. What do you see? What do you say? I've preached at the underground church in China. How oh, they leave us for dead. Preached there three times. They hold on. I'm not trying to like pull on heartstrings. Or they hold on to bits of the Bible like it's their most valued possession. They have seen the entirety of Australia saved three times in about 60 years under a tyrannical government. Why? Because believers saw it and they said it. I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds it. I was talking to God Saturday morning in all transparency after I'd spoken to Dad and Dad had decided we were going online and said, can you preach? And I went, love it. And I've, I've been battling a bit of sickness and I'm, I'm better now. But I was like, okay, what am I going to talk about? What am I going to, straight away, I'm like, okay. Google, uh, 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 I'm so honest. <laughs> Stephen Furtick, sermon about trial. Uh, Judah Smith, sermon about anxiety. And there's lots of them. And then God was like, hey, why don't you go to the study and pray? I was like, yeah, no, yeah, all right, let's do that. So I went to the study and I prayed. And I was like, thank you, Lord. Give me a sermon, amen. He's like, no, no, pray. I was like, yeah, yeah, no. Oh, thank you, God, you're good, you're great, and you're here, and you love us, and you're amazing, and give me a sermon. <laughs> he was like, pray. I was like, all right. But I thank you that you're here. God, thank you that tomorrow's services are yours. Thank you that you love us. God, would you use me tomorrow? God, would you speak? Would you give me something? He began to speak in tongues, and he said to me this, Fred, what do you see? I was like, what? He said, what do you see? This is before I'd gotten the passage in Acts. I was like, I don't know. He's like, tell me what you see. I was like, all right. And so I, I wrote a little list. And some of this is stuff I've seen. Some of this is stuff that Pastor Mum and Dad have spoken. Some of this is stuff that different people have seen. But this is what I see. And this is in no particular order. I just wrote down what I had. Church moving to three, then four services. Many people being saved, giving to skyrocket, healings on a regular basis, the church being built, our new album going global and many doors opening. Me and Anna having a kid and others who are trying having kids. People with mental health issues being supernaturally healed. Our church being activated in lifestyle evangelism. Our family units being healthy. Church divorce rates plummeting. KCC modeling itinerant and church culture brilliantly. Huge favor in finance and land. KCY expanding and swelling with many kids who find a family when, when they don't come from one the right people being brought in. Now I looked up. He said this to me. Do you see that we are on the edge of church suppression or on the edge of revival? And I'm 29 years old, so I went, I don't know. I don't know. He said this to me. And I do not consider myself a prophetic heavyweight. Um, I think you need to be well into your 40s, 50s, 60s to claim that. But I just want to tell you what dad said to me. One of our camera people just died. And if you're in the chat, I just ask you to pray that Felicity would just be restored. It's always the best when it happens in like a weighty moment. This is what he said to me. And this is awesome. And I'll be honest, I started crying back on 
Okay. Just gonna give him five seconds just to bring back the anointing. <laughs> he said, do you think we're on the edge of church suppression or a revival? And I said, I don't know. And he said this to me. My son, I'm about to pour myself out upon the churches of Australia. That will bring fulfillment to many words from years gone by. You are a privileged generation that will see my spirit like a tidal wave. For this light and momentary affliction is preparing you for an eternal weight of glory beyond comparison. And I, because I'm me, went, yeah, what does that look like? What does that mean? And he said, my son, I'm about to pour myself out upon the churches of Australia. That will bring fulfillment to many words from years gone by. You are the privileged generation that will see my spirit like a tidal wave. And then he spoke to me in scripture and said, for this light, momentary affliction is preparing you for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Church, Fred, refocus. Church, Fred, refocus. I don't think Wigglesworth was wrong. I don't think Bob Jones was wrong. I think we're going to see this this nation become the great down under of the Holy Spirit. I don't know what it looks like, but I know who holds it. And when God speaks like that, who knows, it brings peace like a river. It brings boldness like a river. What God is doing. I'm going to be bold this morning. I'm going to say this. And, and if I can be so bold, I, I am speaking mainly to young adults, I guess, in this sphere. But stop watching the news, get off social media. It is a red herring. facing the east three times a day does stand on the hills you need to stand on Daniel was honourable and he was humble but he also stood and said I'm not going to eat that I'm not going to do that I will still pray but hear from God on what you're standing don't take up someone else's don't wear someone else's armour there may be business owners Involved in council that are Christians that go, hey, we're gonna we're gonna reform some things. We need to stand and we need to back them. But many of us need to preach Jesus, read our Bible, and pray. Band, you can come join me. Is this all right this morning? Hope you're good in the chat. Number three, last one. Prayer over everything. Prayer over everything. Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. 
Pray before you post. Pray before you worry. Pray before you give in to fear. Pray about getting a vaccine. Pray about what you post. I've put it twice on purpose. Pray about how you interact with legislation. Pray about how you can grow in the fruits of the Spirit. Pray, pray, and pray again. I have not been praying for our nation enough. I have not been praying for this church enough. I have not been praying for myself enough. History is silent on revival without prayer. Pray, pray, pray. I'm not even going to bother balancing. I'm not going to balance it with... And, and this sermon is about pray. We'll have another sermon about the other stuff. You see, I believe COVID has simply exposed a lot of our prayer lives. Because if we believe Jesus will order every step, then why would the storms of life move us? They move us when we're not in constant communication with the Father. When we do not have eye contact with Him, we get shaken. Jesus loves you. And He loves this church more than we do. Other nations have shown us that legislation can't close the church. In Matthew 16, 18, it says this, And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I'll read it again. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The reason I like this passage is obviously it's very encouraging. Jesus is saying, I'll build my church. You love people and you read the word and you teach the word, but I'll build it. I'll build it. Because when Jesus builds a church, it's better than when man builds a church. But the thing that gets me pumped is that last part. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. It's a great passage, but it doesn't actually make a whole lot of logical sense. Why? Because gates are not an offensive structure. It would make more sense if it said the armies of hell will not prevail against them. The catapults of hell, the fiery darts of hell, the bazookas of hell. That would make sense. But the gates of hell gets me pumped. Why? Because gates are a defensive structure. And so what this verse is saying is it's saying, hey church, you won't just endure the attacks of the enemy. You won't just have to sit there as your city and your church and your family gets bombarded. He's actually saying, church, you are going to take back territory. Church, you are going to take back ground. Church, you are going to go into the enemy's camp and take what was taken from you. The defensive structures of the enemy, of hell, of demons, of the devil, will not withstand the bride of Christ. This gets me absolutely pumped because I don't want to just endure. I want to take some territory back. I know that even in this last week, You've probably had some territory taken away from you. Let's, that old song, let's go into the enemy's camp and bring it back. Let's believe that people that have lost businesses and money would just reap that back a hundredfold. Let's start declaring over this nation. Let's start filling adoration up and praying. Let's start believing that, hey, God, come hell or high water, the gates of hell will not prevail against your church. The world is looking at the church now more than ever to see if we will be complaining wussies or if we'll be declaring giants, if we'll be a church that says, hey devil, you tried, but it's not going to work. We're going to gather, we're going to worship, we're going to lean in, we're going to speak in tongues. Our businesses are going to grow and thrive. Our families are going to grow and thrive. We're going to see hundreds come into the house. Come on, if you're at home or if you're in 
house this morning. Why don't we stand?